Welcome to the Bully to Blossoming podcast, hosted by Marlena Gordon and Jesse Wallace, two girls who endured and then blossomed from their own bullying experiences. We aim to spread hope and healing through the sharing of revival stories. Here in this safe space, we have real conversations with those who have not only journeyed through traumas of their own, but have triumphed against the odds. These stories prove that no matter one's struggle, things not only get better, but they blossom. Hey guys, we are super excited. We have our first guest on the pod. Her name is Emma Manis, and she's going to talk to us today about her struggles with societal bullying in regards to her body image and how that subsequently led to her becoming her own base bully and bullying her body via developing an eating disorder and constantly putting herself down, never feeling good enough. So here she is and here's her story. <laughs> All right. Um, so Jess, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just okay, start it yeah. up. So hi. Hi, how are you guys? <laughs> good. How are you? I'm we are great. so, so excited Super to like busy. have I know, you. On. So am I. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Oh my God. Thank <laughs> so you. I don't know. Do you remember? It was like 10 years ago we went on this retreat together. Do you remember yeah. that? Yes. Okay, cool. <laughs> I wasn't sure. I was like, I don't know if she's gonna remember or not. But yeah, it was like I think it was like a girls' retreat yeah. the church or something, and I was a guest speaker. Um and I remember meeting you, and I think you were still in high school. I was not far out of high school. I think yeah. I might have been, like, 19 or maybe 20. I don't remember. It was, like, 10 years ago, though. Um, Jess, you were a speaker? Um, kind of. It was, <laughs> it was, like, not very – like, I wasn't, like uh, – yeah like graduation commencement speaker yeah it was just kind of like um I was sharing my story with I think the youth group yeah yeah okay yeah so it was like super informal um but it was like an awesome group of girls and I remember like we went like into the woods on this like awesome retreat and I just remember Emma being there and then um (laughs) we started this project and I had been following you on Instagram, I think from like 10 years ago, I think we mm-hmm. were like connected through socials or something like that. Yeah. I don't know. Um, social media, you know, and, um, <laughs> and I saw that like your story and like one, how beautiful you've gotten, like you are gorgeous. Girl. Oh, thank you. <laughs> and um, just like your powerful message and um, like your, you know, body positivity and I was just like super drawn to like you and your account and um so yeah I anyways that's what made me reach out because like you are just so gorgeous like inside and out and you can tell oh thank um, you so sweet so, <laughs> sorry now that I'm like girl my girl crush is <laughs> over <laughs> but yeah so anyways I just really wanted um I felt like it kind of related to like what we were doing and our mission and I just felt like really really drawn to you and so we really wanted to hear your story and um kind of like what led you on your journey to start like your blog and um your social media accounts to like encourage and empower young women yeah absolutely um well thank you again for having me um I graduated from VCU about two years ago, got a degree in fashion merchandising. I'd actually transferred from VMI, which was, oh wow, that's yeah, a big military school. So yeah. bitty, 
really big change. Um, I had a soccer scholarship there to play Division One on a full ride, so kind of a huge opportunity that I didn't want to miss out on. And at the time, I thought I wanted to go to medical school, so it made sense. Um, wow. But I got there, and it was not for me at all. <laughs> um, so I ended up transferring to VCU, uh, found fashion merchandising, and I fell in love immediately. So I graduated, um, got a job working with a menswear company who is actually headquartered here in Richmond, and they do all custom menswear and just um, different things like that. It's all luxury. So Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Um, gave me some really good experience working in a customer-facing environment and just learning how to basically run retail. Um, so I was there for couple months and I ended up getting really sick I was diagnosed with anorexia and it had been going on for probably 10 years at that point but it had had gotten really bad um you know that those couple months after that I graduated I lost about 50 pounds in six months so it was yeah it was really intense and thankfully I had people that cared about me enough to push me to get treatment. So I started treatment in, I want to say like January of last year. So it's been about a year and a half um, since I've been in. Yeah. I I just read your blog post like one year. uh, I I forget what it was called, but the year since Mm -hmm. overcoming anorexia blog post. And I, um, I started tearing up reading it because it was so powerful and so amazing because Honestly, when you're in something like that, I've never had an eating disorder, so I can't speak to that. But when you're going through something traumatic like that, it's you feel like you're never going to get out, let alone that you'll be a year out. And now you're a year and a half out. And it's I mean, it just must feel so liberating. And I really hope that you're so proud. of. I yourself. definitely am. <laughs> there's um, there's <laughs> days where it's harder than others to be proud because like. Your eating disorder is so good at convincing you that you, like, want to stay sick and, like, stay in this illness and keep losing weight. But you have to just remind yourself that the eating disorder can't give you a full life. Uh, I really try to tell people a lot that, like, you can't have your eating disorder and the life you want together. Yes, I actually – I just read that today. I love that line. You said something like – you can't have a life with like a side order of yep. an eating disorder because it becomes mm-hmm. yep. your life. And so you can't really, you can't, you know, dip a little, like dabble. It's like you have to, if you want to truly live the life that you deserve, um, you <laughs> <don't> <laughs> you. then of course, you ha- that means loving yourself enough to work through the healing. And so and which you have, which is such an inspiration. And what do you think it was that, um, I know you said you'd had it for 10, you'd had an eating disorder for 10 mm-hmm. years prior, but what do you think really kicked it into high gear? Um, I guess maybe was this a couple uh, years ago now or so three years ago? I, it really started to develop once I graduated. I think that was a huge trigger for me making the decision, yeah. um, you know, paying Mm -hmm. all my own bills and just living on my own completely it was a really big change and then all my friends were still in school while I was work while I was working like pretty much 50 hours a week at this new job and it was just overwhelming uh 
my god and it's like you have no yeah. one to lean on mm-hmm. who can relate exactly. to what you're going and through and I think that was probably the hardest part of recovery is like no one really understood what it no. was like for me so yeah that was a huge challenge. It's so interesting to me because I feel like a lot of people say, you know, like high school or even middle school for that matter, that's when like you feel all the pressure to look a certain way or, you know, we're all the judgment from like your peers. But I like personally right. after high school, like, you know, when you're trying to get your shit together, I feel like that's when all the eyes are on me. Like you're looking yes, for your husband that quarter or your, you know, whatever. Yeah. And it's like, that's for me. I, um, cause I, I went through a mild, I, I guess, I don't know if mild, but I like had a, a small eating disorder and, um, it was just because pressure, because I was like, well, I'm not, I'm never going to find anyone that loves me if I'm 10 pounds overweight or whatever. Yeah. And, um, it's just interesting the idea that people think that it's like all in high school because I think a lot of times it's not because you feel so much pressure from like society after I think that after um I think that floundering period like when you're supposed to like have found yourself in college but like maybe you haven't because hey you're still a kid when you're in your early 20s and it's I know that probably one of the hardest points in my life even though obviously the period during which I was bullied was one of them. The other one, even though there were, there was a lot of beauty in my twenties too, was, was that quarter life crisis early twenties time, because you are so out of control. And so kind of just like a baby, like a baby deer who's just like yeah. walk, like it's just awkward and you can't figure it out. And so, I mean, I feel like an eating disorder, gives you some sense of control, at least like okay, I'm going to look a certain way. Mm-hmm. I'm going to monitor this intake and it's it definitely, Yeah, it, it definitely does. And like, it's really interesting reading research too. Like it is starting in younger kids, um, mm-hmm. but you're also seeing it expand into more um, adults just because of that pressure. Like you're talking about, you know, you, yeah. you're kind of like caught halfway in between like being an adult, but also still needing to be taken care of. So I think right, you're totally right. spot on with saying like it is a way to control things. yeah and also like for me personally it was definitely a way to escape what was really going on in my life and like avoiding dealing with trauma mm-hmm. and just dealing with things that I should have dealt with a long time ago have you found that since have you found that healing from anorexia um part a big part of that was confronting that past trauma that or like that I guess had been the root cause yeah I definitely think that um it really it's interesting because when you're so engulfed in your eating disorder nothing matters like I remember I would sit in a room full of people and like they would ask me a question or talk to me and I like wouldn't even respond because I was so Head in your head body and like how I could lose more weight or whatever it was that I like didn't even hear people talking to me yeah mm, wow wow and you're such a sweetheart and so social and so I feel like that actually speaks yeah. volumes <laughs> that you would sit there because like just talking to you these few minutes like it's so obvious that you're like you're just you you're great at interacting and friendly and for you to sit there and like not even hear somebody because you're so engulfed in these like 
horrible yeah and like just it isolates you so well um you know it when people ask you to go out to dinner you can make up excuses or like just anything that involves food you can find an excuse for I remember um even I mean I lived with my boyfriend at the time and he didn't even notice because I was I got so good at being so sneaky about it I would you know Mm -hmm, go downstairs with my dinner plate and scrape half of it off in the trash and then oh wow say that I was full so it it makes you very sneaky and conniving and lot like makes you lie a lot so I it's interesting now to like look back at pictures from that time and I don't even recognize myself yeah I think a lot like when you guys I think you guys both use the word control Mm -hmm. um because I think Mm -hmm. for me I that's how a lot of you know post-trauma victims or people that have had trauma like they feel like they need to control their bodies especially people that have you know had trauma afflict their bodies right and it's I feel like that like Marlena said like confronting the trauma you said that really helped you or like what was the point where you're like I'm gonna get help you said your friends rallied your loved ones rallied yeah did you resist? was um, it like a resistance or were you like yeah you're right like how did that play out this uh getting into treatment was rough um yeah I remember I went shopping with my mom and we I was trying on clothes and I came out of the dressing room and she pretty much like almost collapsed on the floor because she she was just shocked she was like I can literally see all of your bones through your clothing like this you have a problem you have to go get help you can't keep doing this um and you're gonna die if you do so it was that I guess she was the first one to make me do it um yeah I really the whole probably first like for five months of recovery I was trying to fake it <laughs> the whole way through um yeah. not eating to my meal plan the way that I should uh, I mm-hmm. would add like I would remember I bought a weight to like put under my clothing when I went into my weigh-in so they would think I was gaining weight uh, oh wow oh yeah. my god it, it just wow. I mean you like you'll do anything that you, you know can. healing just healing isn't pretty. And like, I always try to emphasize that like in posts or whoever I talk to, um, you know, it's very common to, I think, continue bullying yourself and thinking that you're not doing it right and thinking you're not getting better when really every day, like even those setbacks are part of the healing process. And like, you needed those five months of like doing it in your like roundabout, maybe perfectly imperfect way to then build on top of where, oh, by month six or however long, now you have a leg up because you've been like, you've, you've laid the groundwork. So even when it doesn't look like healing, you were healing. Like that was, it's, I feel like that's so important to stress to people just because like, again, look at you now, like you're just, you're this happy, beautiful girl. And you've been in recovery for, you said a year and a half and I mean, and your journey didn't look perfect. Like it didn't look (laughs) like, I mean, I can personally say like mine didn't look perfect when I go through, through things even today. It never, it's always, it always looks so goddamn messy, but, um, and Jess, I mean, I'm sure you can say the same thing. Like, (laughs) 
<laughs> like, it, I mean, Je- also, Jess, did you um, ever seek recovery for your eating disorder? Or it was, like, more, like, it was more just you kind of self-healed for us? super ironic that you asked me that because I had never really said it out loud like my husband didn't even know um until probably like a month ago (laughs) um I like we were kind of going through some trials and um we had decided we're like you know what we're gonna be like more honest we're gonna ask questions and I was like I have been bulimic for the past 10 years and we've been married for almost seven at this point and he I was he was like I had no idea and it was it was so interesting because I was like did you have any idea like was there ever a thought in your mind where you had questioned it and he said like one time Mm -hmm. um he Mm -hmm. had but I was really good at lying yeah and like you know whatever um you know, I have a weak stomach or whatever, Makeup, it's <laughs> you know, right, right. and, um, or like my gag reflex is bad or yeah, you know, whatever you say. Right. And he believed me, you know? And so I hadn't actually said it out loud to him, you know, ever until about a month ago. And, oh. um, I realized that that honesty, one, it scared the shit out of me because yeah. I felt like, well, I can't be sneaky anymore. I can't take long showers at night anymore. Like, I can't, you know, do all these things because he knows. He knows, now. yeah. Um, right. But it's also yeah. kept me accountable right. because, like, I know he knows, exactly. you know, so. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it's amazing just, wow. like, what saying it out loud to someone or even, like, in a room by yourself, like, saying, like, I am bulimic or yeah. I am in a, or whatever. Right. Um, does to your psyche like it it changes the way you think when you because like I don't think I'd ever admitted to it like even when I was talking to you guys about it five minutes ago I was like "Ah, it was mild because it's like I (laughs) whatever that means (laughs) totally down yeah well and that's (laughs) part of it too like I think a lot of people with eating disorders tell themselves like oh I never like got sick enough or I was right or I never lost enough weight I was never skinny or whatever but yeah. I mean, eating disorders, and this is something I try I feel- to tell people a lot is they come in all shapes and sizes, different races, ages. Mm-hmm. There's no, you know, discrimination for them at all. Right. And I feel like they just present so many opportunities to self bully, yeah. like constantly, because, like you just said, like not only are you bullying yourself, like amidst the eating disorder, like I'm not thin enough, I'm not this enough, but then it's like how, Jess, you were just saying, like, oh, I mean, it was my, I can't, like, I can't take right. ownership of that because it's not enough. And so, like, that's another moment of mm-hmm. right. Like, Because it's, it's like, I'm it's still amazing. Fat, and so how am I bulimic? You know what I mean? Like, that was what I would tell myself in my head. Which is. It's just, like, a vicious cycle yeah. of bullying that's so habitual right. that you don't even realize. Like, that we're talking like this mm-hmm. to ourselves all day, every exactly. day. Let alone, like other people saying it to us like it's almost worse when it's oh, right. because like so I mean, what do you think Emma like triggered it do you think it was society or do you think it was like your you know because you went to a military school so you were used to like you oh, know the discipline yeah what do you think like made you want to look a certain way um I for one thing am a huge perfectionist mm-hmm. <laughs> which is very yeah. common <laughs> in people with yeah. eating disorders um and I think like 
I don't know. I've always been really hard on myself. So especially when it came to weight, you know, I grew up playing soccer and being surrounded by other female athletes who looked better than I did. And then getting into fashion later on, it's everywhere. And like diet culture is everywhere. And like, you don't even I didn't even realize how much of it was out there until I started seeing my treatment team. And they were like, No, this is actually not like, how people (laughs) think about food. And it's like, you don't think about it because it's your normal right so I think I mean I think it was to answer your question I think it was a bunch of different things um I think my biggest trigger that really set me off was being sexually assaulted in a bar downtown and that was about probably a month before things really started to go downhill and I really started restricting and over exercising and just putting the pedal to the metal on the weight loss yeah. Oh, I th- I think I'd also. Sorry, I sound like such a creep, like no, creeping on your blog. But like, <laughs> I think so. I just read. Um, we today, both did. Yeah, you, we were talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the feminine mm-hmm. perspective, and it's uh, so. I think I read about that, but out of all the things that you had listed, that was. I mean, that was actually yeah. shocking to like when you really think about it. Like, what the fuck? A total yeah. stranger. Like, but. I also like there was so much in there. So it's interesting to hear that you think like that was the one that was the catalyst, like for or probably like, maybe like the biggest offender, or the last yeah. straw. So, so what, what happened exactly? So you were out yeah. at a bar and some guy. Um, was I was like... out of the cha-chas downtown in Richmond um, with a group of friends and this guy who I had no idea who he was um he pushed me up against the wall and stuck his hand up my skirt so yeah it was brutal and I like I remember going home and just like you know you try to convince yourself that those things like don't happen or like oh hand slip or whatever it was you know I Mm -hmm. came up with all the excuses and turned it around on myself and blamed myself and I think that was just fuel for the eating disorder um as things got worse it was a way to punish myself oh wow um so I mean your brain does really interesting things to protect you from trauma there were a lot of different traumas that I completely forgot about until I started going like through recovery and having to talk about things instead of dealing with it through food so what kind of um therapy is like your main modality that you go to yeah. like with your treatment um, team like so have you it done, has like... changed throughout the course of yeah. the eating disorder but at first I was seeing a um I was seeing my doctor every week because my heart like I had I developed a heart murmur because my organs were stopped working um my kidneys were starting to fail so it was really intense um so I saw her every week and having to get blood tests done drawn <laughs> to yeah. um, <laughs> to make sure the like iron levels and everything were okay obviously to make sure that I was eating so that was once a week I saw my therapist who was eating disorder like certified specifically because right. you have to be to treat eating disorders I saw her uh, twice a week and then my dietitian once a week but now I see my dietitian every three weeks that I'm like developing a more stable relationship with food and exercise and then I see my therapist still once a week and then the doctor is like every three months 
yeah that's great. so definitely that's great improvement because... <laughs> great I, I um I've been meaning to try it also sounds like it'd be awesome for your situation EMDR mm-hmm. therapy it's, yeah you heard it? so it's so I just took a CBT like cognitive behavioral therapy class and I guess um so I'd heard about it but I'd never actually seen like a video or anything like that so I watched as part of a class assignment this YouTube video and I was like captivated by it and was like I have to go and schedule my first appointment because it's for like any kind of PTSD any kind of real traumatic event like you just um by focusing on usually the therapist use their, uses their finger and goes back and forth and you have to maintain like the visual of it, like follow it with your eyes while you're recounting your story. Mm. And there's a lot more to it than that. But via that, my, my teacher who is a cognitive behavioral therapist says, she's like, look, I am such a CBT advocate, but I've worked with people for years and I advise that they go see EMDR, even though I've been skeptical of it because of the lack of, you know, some, you know, just lack of understanding surrounding it. And I'm telling you, like, every single person I know comes back totally healed, wow. like, after a session or two. So definitely check that out. I, I'm yeah. going to for my own stuff. Like, I, I feel like, and Jess, too, I know, like. Yeah, I was like, this sounds have- super interesting. Not that I, yeah. they probably don't have anything like that where I live, but. <laughs> well, no, that you can do it. No, actually, you can do it because it's, like, all about the visual stuff. You can do it over, um, not FaceTime. Like but, Skype uh, or whatever. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. They have therapists who. That's risky. That. So huh. it, it seems really cool, but anyway, yeah. Sorry. No, 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 that was, <laughs> that was cool. Yeah, I. Something but, else that my therapist really tries to get me to do because I'm I really enjoy like art is she hands me a pen and if I start drawing it just all starts coming out <laughs> like I do it every time. So okay, so so that's so funny because that's exactly like one of the theories behind EMDR yeah. is like because you're partly focused on something else like the movement of someone's finger, you're able to access those memories like without the same. Uh, like emotion involved yeah yeah so you're just telling it out loud and really getting it out and I wonder if it's kind of like the same like sort of um I don't know same kind of vein like withdrawing is it it allows you to focus on something else that's like safe and that you know you love to do while at the same time being able to ventilate right. and get well, this it's out. Expressive and... too. Mm-hmm. You're able right, to, because I was right. an art therapy major. Um, okay. Be- oh, yeah, I before I um, got pregnant and got married. And, <laughs> um, and so that, was, <laughs> All that, and that was what attracted me to it was the idea of being able to express your feelings without verbalizing them mm-hmm. because there's something so powerful right. in imaging or images and, um, I don't know, just like your hand working and your mind working, but yeah. not having to like release it verbally. Right. Um, even though that's super powerful too. And I think needed in a lot of cases. Um, but for me, and cause I, I went through sexual trauma and assault as well. And it's, it's so power. And sometimes it's when you tell the story over and over and over again, you know, it's like, you kind of get clogged up, but to kind of yeah. release it in a different way. And that's why I think like, when I followed you on Instagram and kind of like seeing your images, it's like, 
you can relate with them because it's like, yeah, like totally. Like I get that. And like the images and just like your words that you put with the images, like on Instagram and stuff, I'm kind of like, yes, like (laughs) I get it. That's your goal. (laughs) Yeah, no, it's awesome. And I, it's, I just think that you're doing amazing things. Um, and you're making it like so relatable to um like to women so is that like your main like what is your main mission and your instagram and yeah. like your blog and all of that yeah <laughs> um, <laughs> so i like have so many eggs in different baskets it's not even funny <laughs> but um <laughs> so with my instagram stuff hey um i really love editorial fashion which is why I continue to do more of the imaging side of things, like, creatively, I guess. Uh, So I really try to, you know, I'll journal about certain thoughts that I have and figure out how I can tie that into an image so it all connects. Um, And across the blog and my Instagram, my really my main goal is that one woman every day would see my message and feel not so alone. Um, I did start it. I did start back up because I wanted to share my story and, you know, prevent this um, as much as I can, at least for other women. Um, It's become such an epidemic. And I think more people need to be reminded of the diet culture that surrounds us and how to fight back against that. Um, and really my whole message is that beauty has no limits, which is why I started my clothing company evolve. Um, and we carry sizes extra small through 24 right now. So really trying to bring more inclusivity and diversity into fashion because there's not enough of that, you know, you're seeing the same 3% of women represented all over the world where you have so many more different looks and just, um, abilities and all these different things that I think the industry should be representing more of. So trying to really bring the message that beauty has no limits into fashion, I would say is like my biggest goal at the end of the day. Emma, how old are you? I mean, you're in your early 20s, I just right? turned 24 at the end of June. Oh, wow. <laughs> Holy crap. That was just like so eloquently said. <laughs> and like, so you're just like, a fucking entrepreneur. I know. And you're 24. I was out at the bars acting a fool at 24. Like I, like I could never have had my shit together like this. So go, go you. I know. Like, yeah. And after overcoming, and this is again exactly what we try to like get across in from bully to blossoming is you actually when you go through something it actually can propel you forward in ways way further. Like I I know I like definitely don't think I would have gotten to where I am today if I hadn't been the lowest low, low, low. And I'm guessing it's the same for you because now your lows have incentivized you to not only have they deepened your empathy and your all of that, but they've also incentivized you to get out there, post things every day so that someone doesn't feel alone and put all these eggs in different baskets, um, which are different income streams. And it's like, look at you flourishing, <laughs> like because of this horrible situation, like that you granted, of course, with like the help of people who loved you and like mental health professionals and, or mental health professionals who are like a godsend, but you ultimately 
you healed yourself and you are the one who got back up and made all these realizations whether or not like there was help in that great like we all need a helping mm-hmm. hand but you have done this yeah. and oh my god I just hope you're so proud of yourself because I just I'm so inspired by you and my little sister just turned 24 and like I <laughs> but like if I well, think <laughs> but when I think about like I mean just no I won't <laughs> lie <laughs> I'll just leave it there so honestly it you're so far ahead of the curve. Thank That's you. Awesome. And like, I, I wouldn't say that I'm like glad that I had an eating disorder because it has been right. incredibly hard. It's probably the hardest thing I've ever had to go through in my life, but I am so right. grateful for the person that I am now because of it. Um, right. I am so proud of myself too, which is like something I never uh, would have said before be. ever because I'm not that kind of person, but I know it did, no, it did take a lot turned... for me to get through this and to be able to not only get through it, but share it with other people and be as open and transparent as I am, even on the really bad days that I have still. And to have taken this, like, muddy slush and turned it into wine and, like, turned it into kindness. Like, you're a kind person after, you know, a lot of people, I find that people do one of two things when they go through something traumatic. And it's either people tend to, whether it be temporarily or for a lifetime, lash Mm -hmm. out and kind of propel their anger, their trauma out onto others because they don't know what to do with it. Or they take it and they're like oh my god I could never make another person feel like this and I want to ensure that nobody else does feel like this and they take it and make something magical out of it and I feel like that's exactly what you've done and what you're doing and I mean I hope that just I I hope yeah (laughs) well and that's so true Marlena because like I I was definitely like a mean girl for a second because like I was so angry yeah you know and it's like it's really easy to fall into that kind of pit where you're like well I want to make like my life is miserable so I want to make everyone around me miserable mm-hmm. shit I do that in my marriage sometimes like <laughs> genuinely like oh my god tell you. <laughs> um 100% yeah. my boyfriend can definitely yes, <laughs> for sure and so it's so uh, cool to like see you put that energy and that like energy that you got like from healing too into like helping other people because I know I mean like I said like it took me a long time to even like admit to myself that I had an eating disorder and then when like I saw you I was like oh my god this girl is like shining and like it makes it I don't know it's like it's there's like a relatability Mm -hmm. that you can gain from like see like having people share their experiences um and I think that's just so beautiful and I mean that's kind of our goal too um but I just think it's like awesome so like what made you like was there like a point where you're like you know what I want to share my story I want to motivate other women like what like what triggered that part um so I was actually on Instagram for a while as a like fashion influencer um probably like my last year of college and a little bit afterwards, but I, when I started treatment, I decided to take a break from the app. Um, I, so it was really helpful. So probably like six months into treatment, I decided that I wanted to get back on, but 
gave myself a little bit more time to really decide how I wanted to do it. Um, and was it really difficult at it first? Definitely like, was. Because it was, it was yeah, very scary for... sharing all of, you know, these details about my story and especially and the demons, like yeah. your, your thoughts, like your exactly. own thoughts that like and... you're scared to like say out loud. Yeah. Yeah. But it's just funny because that's where like all like the juice resides like that's where all connection resides and like it actually Mm -hmm. yeah and it actually probably made you so much more magnetic to everybody and like but I would just imagine coming off of any sort of trauma let alone an eating disorder like to go onto Instagram where people look and now it's a little sure like now people are really like starting to own like hey, like, I own my cellulite, like, I, like, you know, plus size models, like, I'm really grateful that that's becoming way more mainstream, um, but I don't know that it was that way when you first got back on Instagram, or if it was still (laughs) that point where it was, like, everyone's perfect, and everyone's... It definitely was, and I think, like, I think the important thing about having a large following, no matter what you're sharing, is really thinking about what you can give rather than what you can get out of it um I was so caught up in you know partnering with these brands and getting these outfits and you know posting the perfect picture and trying to look a certain way for those pictures that I forgot who I was in all of it um so now yeah it really hijacks your like it, it hijacks your focus it hijacks your whole day it hijacks your personality like I I went through a breakup uh a few years ago and um I remember like when I deleted just like snapchat off my phone because like it reminded me of him and that's how we communicated a lot like uh when I finally got it off my phone I realized like holy fuck, <laughs> like I'm not even this person who I'm <laughs> like I didn't even realize how much I was like contorting my face to look a certain yeah. way and like you know, I'd spend hours, like, trying to get this perfect image, and, like, then to him, it would be, like, oh, she snapped this picture, and she's having a great day. Meanwhile, I literally am sore in bed from doing double (laughs) dates for an hour. Like, like, you you don't realize, and I realized, and then I'd, like, snap at my parents that they were trying to talk to me while I was taking a picture. God forbid they fucked up my picture. So, it's, like, it really does hijack your personality, and, like, your your priorities completely I well uh, I think (laughs) social media too like it's so much about how you use it even as like a user as myself um I you know followed all these models and like all of these people that made me feel like I had to be someone else so transitioning who I followed to you know more diverse women of different sizes and races and just like ages and really trying to diversify my feed uh, has been something that I've worked really hard on you know if it doesn't bring you joy or help you grow as a person unfollow it you know it's so true it's so true I mean like I know for me personally like it's I've always had a difficult time because I um I had I was born with like a droopy left Mm -hmm. eyelid and I, I mean, I saw, it, I got surgery for it a couple of years back, but it was only like partially effective. And so, and honestly, like it's a huge deal to me and it's probably not a huge deal to anybody else, but for me, yeah, it's you crippling. 
because it's my insecurity. And so when I follow people online, like people with vitiligo or people who have lost a limb or anything, I'm so inspired and I feel invigorated when I go on Instagram and I'm like, oh my God, look at how gorgeous this person is. And I'm like, oh, so am I. What what am I talking about? And so it's all about who you choose to follow and really curating, muting. You don't have to unfollow people. It's just like you mute people who... I don't know, who don't necessarily like spark joy in you. And I know that sounds so cliche, but like you start following people with similar interests and who are going yep. to inspire you. Like I followed people with deform, like physical deformities because that's something that really mm-hmm. resonates with me. I follow people who have been bullied because that's something that really resonates with me. I'm sure you follow people who speak body positivity and, you know, flaunt, all the sexiness that they got regardless yep. of their size and I'm guessing now it feels like a completely Instagram's still scary mm-hmm. but like way more empowering experience yeah than I absolutely yeah. agree it's so funny how like just like taking a break from that like when I was pregnant with my second child I was going I don't even know if this is a thing but like you know, there's postpartum depression, Mm -hmm. but like I was like having like during pregnant depression, um, which I don't like, I was struggling like the entire time and I didn't share, you know, cause it's like the thing when you're pregnant, you share like a scan of your ultrasound and like, Oh my God, I'm like, I'm glowing. And I, um, (laughs) it was so invigorating for me. We did not share that we were pregnant with social media until he was born. Wow. And, um, that's, it was so, and I actually inspired, I wouldn't even like, it was a girl that I went to high school with. She's like, I, I did the same thing because like, it's so nice to like have that little private moment, um, while you're kind of like literally building a human inside of you. (laughs) Um, and I didn't realize like my sharing was kind of doing the same thing. Like, Oh, I'm so happy. I'm pregnant. I'm glowing. I'm, you know, yeah. living this life. And it's like, right, Oh, like, I right. fucking hate myself right now. I'm really struggling. Right. And I wanted to like have some privacy and I still, you know, I still have Instagram. I still have Facebook, you know, I still have those things. And I like scaled back on what I do share, but I still, you know, cause there's family. We live out of state from like mm-hmm. most of our friends and family. So it's, you know, it's cool to like have that connection and, you know, to like connect with yeah. other people that inspire you, which I think social media is amazing for, but um, it's nice to like take a break from sharing too, yeah. you know? So it's like <laughs> Absolutely. you take a break from like seeing those people, but it's, it's cool to like, you know, have a little privacy. Oh my God. It really is. It's like, I, I'm always reminded of, so like I said, I, took a hiatus from like all social media for like I think I was off for like I don't four years maybe no that can't be maybe three years after a breakup I just did it after a breakup and then like it just stuck because it felt so amazing and it reminds me of that Taylor Swift song where it's like um fuck what does she say she's like you know, nobody's seen me and like, but little do you know, like I'm doing better than I ever was. It's normally the people who are silent sometimes. And the people who take a break, the people who are more of a mystery, like that's probably because they're out actually enjoying their lives, like rather than snapping pictures of moments so that they look like they're enjoying their lives. But really, they're just focusing on snapping a picture. And it's like, you know, like like literally have a filter over, you know, bumpy skin or whatever. And it's like, right. right. No, it's it's invigorating to see people put their full 
itself, even if it takes like having a hiatus to like Mm -hmm. do that. And like in your case, Emma, it's like you came back and you were like more powerful and more transparent. And I just think that's so fucking badass. (laughs) It is. And people like, God knows, like if had I stumbled across your page, like before Jess had like introduced me, I would have, you, you are acting as a light in somebody's life. Like I had I stumbled upon your page on like a bad day or a day where I was feeling because God knows I feel like hot mess <laughs> most days especially now that I'm like over 30 and so I like it would have been such a moment of solidarity and like solace to be like oh my god even like this gorgeous girl like she feels this and there is someone else out there and that's the beautiful side of social media is like this sense of community and the sense of oh my god I'm alone. not alone with these yeah. like ridiculous thoughts and so I mean I thank you that's why I'm saying thank you because it's just I know that you've helped so many people like whether I'm sure you know it but whether you know <laughs> it or not like <laughs> you've definitely like probably saved people's lives I really hope so um I know for a fact that I've gotten been able to get about six girls into treatment so that's been really awesome Um, and really like you said you know trying to take a highlight reel and turn it into highlighting what's real is yeah that's what I really try to go for um yeah you know I also post the awesome fashion photo but then post the one that where I like look like a freaking goofball because not every person picture that I get is perfect but that's the thing is like I like totally don't mean to vilify like oh you're posting a happy moment because like happy moments are part of our lives too it's exactly what you just said turning it into um, moments of like reality and reality encompasses happy sad a day of feeling fat a day of feeling sexy like it encompasses like the whole array like the whole spectrum of human emotion and I think that's what you know, hopefully people's feeds will start to look like and look, that's like the pot calling the kettle black because I don't like, I, you know, I'm never on Instagram on my own page anymore, but even for Bully to Blossoming, like it has to be yeah. beautiful. <laughs> it has to be, I, so it's really like, I'm totally, I should take a page out of my own book, like what I'm saying, but I really do hope that people will start to embody that Mindset. kind of like post yeah. mentality because it's so it makes me really love and feel drawn to people so much more actually, which is exactly the opposite of what you think is going to happen when you're posting something that you're not proud of, but it's, it has the counter effect. No, I totally agree. It's actually really funny that you say that because I posted a picture, I think maybe three weeks ago. Um, and it wasn't mm-hmm. filtered. It was just a selfie that I took that day because I ran out of pictures to post and I was having a super bad <laughs> week and I was just like, here's my face. Like, <laughs> I'm going to be really honest with you guys. And this is like the real me, uh-huh. what I look like on a day to day basis. And this is it. And I bet you got. Yeah, so much yeah, exactly. That like that was post. my that's what I was trying to say. Sorry, <laughs> I got sidetracked. <laughs> yeah. but. It was just like people resonated with that side of me a lot more than the other things I post. So it's really interesting to see uh, social media going in that direction. 
And they probably all thought you looked beautiful. <laughs> like, that's the other thing is we're always, like, God knows, like, I I love myself, but I'm also my biggest bully. Even though over the years I've, like, grown to really cherish, like, who I am, I'm still, like, kind of multifaceted in that way. Like, I will always be tough, tougher on myself than anybody else. And so it's, like, you pro- – like, to you, you probably, like, thought it was, like, yeah. but like it was probably you probably looked great like which is the funny part we like kind of pick ourselves apart when really like we're beautiful as it is really cheesy but (laughs) true (laughs) but um hold on I have a question now I'm opening my questions so when was the moment where like you would say and I know this is like feel like it's a weird way to phrase it when's the moment that you feel like you realized you had triumphed or is there even one moment or is it constant you know two steps forward five steps back that's a really good question um I for that one I would probably say it's a daily thing um especially when it comes to dealing with food um you know I went from eating nothing a day to eating six meals a day so you know that my triumphs and like my goals have changed over time but I feel like with each meal that I can sit through and not cry is a triumph for me yeah Um, that's a win say that again it's so true no I just said yeah it it totally is and you know I it didn't feel like a win at first because I was like it's a I even I told myself like it's just food like why can't you do this but it wasn't just food um and like learning to give myself grace around that was really a turning point in my recovery no it's absolutely true and like like I was saying with the healing thing before like those little itty bitty steps that like seem so trivial and you like can't even like it's hard to congratulate yourself for at first those built one on top of the other Mm -hmm. on top of the other that one day you'll look back and you'll realize like holy fuck like I progressed so far and I you just don't realize it in daily life necessarily and so it's really important to take a step back and I'm happy you do this like take a step back and like acknowledge those little wins like write gratitude lists like all of that like I'm, I saw on your um, blog today and I was so happy because I write gratitude lists every day and I'm, I've always tried to shove them down people's throats like, oh, you're feeling bad today? <laughs> they help people. so much. <laughs> people hate me. So my boyfriend actually just left. Um, he's, do- he's in med school and he's doing rotations in another state for the month and um, he like left me a gag note like as he was leaving my apartment like, I'm grateful for like Marlena and Marlena's boobies, and, like, because like, like he finds my little gratitude list everywhere, and like they're all they're all about him. They're like, thank you, like I am so grateful for like Clifton's loving, strong embrace, and like, but it's like I have to acknowledge this because those little moments are gems, yeah. and like if I just let them pass by, like. That's where all the magic exactly. life is, is exactly. in those moments. Every time you put that fork in your mouth, that's where yep. the magic is. Like, oh my God, like you just did something you couldn't exactly. have done. And, a couple and of years also, ago. like, for me, trying to 
use food like as an accomplishment rather than a failure has been huge. So it's all about changing the language around it. Like instead of like, oh, I have to eat today to like get my like whatever like calorie count in. It's more like exactly yes, and I get to be healthy and. It's so much easier said than done, but like those little, those little itty bitty tweaks, they eventually really, they are life shakingly like, I I mean, they're life altering. I completely completely. agree. It's all about your perspective for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I like hearing that, like, even for you, like, I feel like this is like the common theme, like for everyone, no matter how successful they are, aren't like, no matter what, we're all human and every day like I think while some of us have days where we're like yes like I've made it like (laughs) or whatever mostly life is made up of like constantly having to remind yourself of that and like there's no never just one moment of trying exactly it's a daily thing which is actually kind of awesome because then you get exactly (laughs) like (laughs) and so that's it's awesome to look at it that way but um Hold on, I'm looking at some of my other questions. Um, so we've covered. I had a question. So I noticed on your website that you had um, a nutrition guide. Mm-hmm. So did you? Is that oh. like? What is that? Yeah. Did that inspire you to put? Like, tell me about. Just tell me about. Yeah, that. yeah. So um, I put that together <laughs> to include or send out to people, I guess, that signed up for my blog. Um, it just goes over like the basics of nutrition. You know, talking about um, ways to balance things, a sample meal plan that is balanced for a reason, um, and really trying to focus on the nutritional value of each food group rather and like what it does for your body rather than, um, women getting caught up in calorie counts and like just different like dieting things. Um, so I, the whole like purpose of it was to provide women with just a guide of taking away the morality of like good what food is like good for you and what food is bad for you because food is just food mm-hmm. um I and love that. yeah and like really no. trying to remind women that like you can't cut out carbohydrates because your brain needs uses 50% of the carbohydrates that you eat every single day so it's like I fucking hate the Yeah, it's crazy. With I hate it. Passion. My husband. I don't no, believe in it. I don't either. I mean, it's not that I, I don't. Like, I get tired. It's not that I don't believe that it gets results. Believe me, I totally yeah. think it, like, can get results. It zaps your body. Like, sure. But, I like, I don't know. I'm, like, an avid podcast <laughs> consumer and, like, uh, you know, like, health books and all of this. And I just, like, there's so many benefits to cars, yeah. actually, that you know, get left out of the rhetoric, mm-hmm. like, and strawberries and uh, fruits are being vilified yep. now. And I'm like, fuck that. It's, the, it's, it's everything. Fruit. Like, I'm going to eat it. And like tonight, like after I get off this podcast, I'm going to meet my friends for chips and guac. <laughs> like, sorry, avocados are yeah, they really like, are. I'm not going to, I'm not someone the other day was saying like, oh, you go home and like you eat guacamole for lunch or you eat avocado that's so bad because she's on the keto diet. And I'm like, no, it's not. Avocado is fucking amazing yeah. for you. I'm not saying like I should, you know, have it in lower doses, <laughs> but like. <laughs> well, and that's, but... that's just an example of, you know, the diet culture right there is like you're right. so conditioned to believing 
all of these different things because of how much it's pushed on you. I mean, it's everywhere. I posted about it not too long ago, just getting on Facebook and doing a little experiment and seeing how many like different dieting ads are out there, like weight loss. And I think I saw like 75 different ads in a matter of like two days. So it, I mean, it's, it's, our market is so saturated with it. So of course, it's so hard because like, yeah, I like went through the same thing after I had my first kid. I mean, you can ask my husband. I spent so much money on like MLM, yeah. like, you know, like I'm going to get skinny and how many ever days or, you know, mm-hmm. and not like, I think protein shakes can be great. I like, I'm not a nutritionist. I'm, but this is just me, but, um, you know, and my husband is like, I mean, if you eat food, then that, like, why do you need to drink a shake? Yeah. <laughs> you know, like why, like, <laughs> I don't understand, you know, and he's granted. I mean, he like is in really good shape and doesn't yeah. need to drink a sh- yeah. <laughs> like he just thinks about losing fifteen pounds and he loses fifteen pounds. But that being said, you know, it's like it's so true. It's like you don't need all of the like our body runs on food. You yeah. know, like you don't need all of these yeah. other um, really creatively marketed tools that that's all they are they're just yeah. creatively marketed you know exactly it's, it's scary because it's like and it breathes, I find myself I was like, like oh my god the shake is gonna taste like cake hell yeah I want it and, but, it's like, <laughs> no. but it's also like it just breathes so much mm-hmm. guilt like I have that person's voice in my head you every time I go to have yep. rice cakes and hummus because which I know sounds like a really or rice cakes and guacamole or rice cakes and hummus is like my snack of choice like brown rice cakes and she's like do you know how many carbs that is and I'm like ah like my body isn't your body like my body I've been eating beans every day for like all my life and like I look great like so I don't know like sorry like exactly and it's all about yes yes I was actually just about to say something about that um you know I think could you speak yeah, on that a little I more, Yeah, I think that, like, yeah. the biggest thing with weight loss that people don't realize is that everybody's body is different. Um, your genetic makeup is different. The way that you metabolize food is different. So really, mm-hmm. truly, no two bodies are the exact same, which is, I think, is a really beautiful thing. Um, and yeah. intuitive eating really takes the focus off of, you know, worrying about calories or, like, having the right balance and focusing more on what you're listening to your body and what your body needs. Um, I've been doing a lot of work in my recovery with my dietitian on hunger and fullness. Um, So really learning to understand like hunger and fullness cues and understanding like how full your body is and what your body needs. So um, just really listening to your body and like having the time to learn. I feel like that's actually a very hard practice yes. to for anyone, let alone again, let alone like a survivor of an eating disorder. Like that's, it's very, it's very hard to get develop that mind body connection and truly know when you're truly hungry, when you're truly yep. full. Like it's very hard and to trusting age. your like, body it takes, too. It's practice. Yeah, yeah. Like it's it really is like something that people would be wise to practice more um because it's not weirdly it's not uh it doesn't come Mm-mm. naturally even though you would think it it would like it doesn't come naturally that like the amount of times like less so in recent years because I've been like more cognizant of it but 
it's the, the amount of times throughout my life that I've just like grabbed something because, oh, it's like that mm-hmm. time of day or it's like I'm stressed, so I'm going to eat. Like not because I'm truly right. hungry. And it's hard to discern. It really is. Yeah. And so, I think, I mean, I think that like, in my personal opinion, I think everyone should see a dietitian because of the way like yeah. diet culture gets in your head, regardless of you having an eating disorder or not. Um, and it starts at such a young age too for kids. I was reading someone's post the other day about how she labeled her kids' food like red, yellow, and green for like what was bad and what was good. I was like, you're like, you're oh teaching them that like if they eat this food, it's yeah, and like feeling like you're teaching guilt associated with certain foods and with food in general. Yeah, and it starts at such a young age. So like like you said, you don't it 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 actually does come naturally but you're conditioned to believing other things so then your body forgets how to do those things that's such a good distinction yeah you're totally right wow and it's true I mean like when I think about like what I was like in mm, I I don't know about elementary school but middle school like my friends and I used to love to go on yeah like we used to love to just like restrict our eating mm-hmm. and like be like in it in solidarity yeah, and like have like cracker like a uh, rice cake and um peanut butter and call yeah. it a day and that was yeah and it's something and, that women bond over too is yeah. losing weight yeah. so 100%. it's yeah and totally. like I I um I remember I can't remember who it was but someone I was with was you know, talking to me about this new diet that they were trying and they said to me, you should try it. And I was like, no, <laughs> like, <laughs> no, Good like I you. recovered from an eating yeah. disorder. Like I'm not going on any diet ever again. Of so course. it's just, it's just about, <laughs> it's just about eating healthy. Like that's it. Just eating so that you you, your body, mind, soul, like, you Yeah, feel what feels good that for you. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. And making your body feel exactly. good, too. Like, I've noticed, um, like, me and my husband are really trying to not diet. Because um, we, I used to do these things. Like, when we first got married, we were, like, healthy. We would work out together. And we would go on a monthly juice cleanse. Mm-hmm. Which, like, in my mind. And I think juice cleanse cleanses, like, they if done correctly like maybe they can be healthy I I don't know enough about them genuinely but I have done them so much and I just do it to lose weight like I I did it before my wedding I did it before vacation you know what I mean you don't do it to feel good I don't do it to like cleanse my body like it's designed to do right um and so we're trying to kind of and especially for our kids too because it's really easy to be like okay like throw a pack of fruit snacks at my six-year-old yeah, and you know, and just be like, <laughs> and he'd love yeah, you more for exactly. It. <laughs> and so it's we're really. Tr- I mean, he like he meal plans and he like makes like yogurt and chia seed breakfast every morning. Mm-hmm. God, I don't. I wouldn't eat if it wasn't for him. I love you. <laughs> I love you, David. Um, but it's it's really nice to because he doesn't have that relationship with food that I did. You know, right? And um, when you put fuel and not just food in your body like you can tell a mental difference like Mm -hmm. you can you feel more energy and that's like his whole argument to go back on the carbs thing he's like 
I don't feel good when I don't have carbs. Like yeah. my body needs carbs. Right. Yeah. You know, I mean, I it's need... necessary to really survive. Yeah. It's like, I need yeah, like energy. If I'm going to do a run today, if I'm going to, you know, do whatever, like I need that fuel. Yeah. Um, and right. it's, you know, obviously has to be like an appropriate amount, but it's just interesting. I it's think... interesting. Yeah. And I actually, I think like, um, I think it's Ayurvedic uh, mentality. Like they say that, cer- I, or maybe I'm wrong. Maybe it's human design. I don't know. I've been listening to one of my pads <laughs> recently. And like, they are saying that some people really need to be grounded yeah. with carbs. Like some people are so like, you know, if you're anxious or you're heady, like sometimes being great, it's almost like a weighted blanket. I'm totally making this up. Like I did not hear this on the podcast. We are not. But I feel like it's almost like a weighted blanket. How it like kind of just like, I, when I get under a weighted blanket, at least, like, it just totally yeah. quiets all the noise in my mind because it just, it mm-hmm. grounds me. And I feel like it's similar, uh, even better, though, because food is tastes <laughs> wonderful. But, like, <laughs> is it's similar with heavier foods yeah. like that with carbs. And some people, we really need it. We need yep. it. I totally like, agree. Not everyone necessarily, but a lot of people too yeah, and there's no shame in there's no shame in having a piece no, of bread absolutely not mean, whatever oh my god like it's just balance I feel like everything in life can be solved yeah I absolutely balance. agree and I I also want to say something about um what you were saying about how you wanted to focus on using fuel for your body and you know I always viewed exercise as the same way as like going on a diet. It was always to lose weight. I was exercising to lose weight rather than focusing on celebrating the movement in my body and being able to have that ability to run and walk and play. Like not a lot of people get to do that. So having that mind shift set has, or having that mindset change has really, really helped. Did you ever have issues with like over exercising, oh, yeah. overdoing it? Like, Absolutely. Do you, have you, has your um, uh, exercise routine changed a lot, or do you still like high intensity? Like, what's um, your so? Or, I mean, being an athlete, growing up my whole life, you know, I was used to performing at the highest level and going to like right. two practices a day, usually for soccer, because of being oh. on different teams. Um, and then going to college, wow. I wasn't on playing soccer anymore when I transferred to VCU. So I stopped working out and you get caught up in drink, you know, the whole party scene in <laughs> college. Right. Um, and then when I graduated, I like just really started hitting it hard. And that's, you know, the eating disorder came up too. So now that I've been in recovery for a year and a half during this whole like past for during the first like year I would say I wasn't allowed to exercise um just to get my weight back up and make sure it was stable so I was just allowed to start exercising probably four months ago so it's still like fairly new um and I run interval running just to for cardio three times a week and then I do like a 30 minute workout the other two days so just kind of keeping it like short and simple but still celebrating my body in that way I love I love that like term for exercising it's like because that's what you're doing like you're moving you're celebrating movement you're you know I I love that I'm gonna like start saying (laughs) I'm not working out I've tried I've tried like 
I do. Um, I actually hate I, exercise. I, do I don't know. I don't know why, because my other siblings are like all soccer stars, <laughs> and like my mom was a gymnast. But I've always hated exercise. However, now that I t- I've turned thirty this year, I'm like, okay, like I have to. So I've gotten really into mm-hmm. yoga this last year, and I try to tell myself every time I'm doing it, like whether it's yoga or lifting weights or like a five minute ab thing or like whatever it is, like because I can't do more than five <laughs> minutes abs because I hate it too much, but like. Whatever it is, I always try to say, like, whoa, like, my body yes. can move in this way. Like, this is – it's – I use that as my fuel rather than I – of course, like, I'm human. And, of course, I want my body to look a certain way. But, like, at the end of the day, like, it, it's not the real reason I'm doing it. Like, it right. – anymore. Like, it's more so about, like, marveling at what my body exactly. can do and being grateful that my body can move in such a way – and that I'm cultivating strength and health and vitality and all exactly. that jazz. Totally so, agree. Yeah. I think it's funny. Um, yeah. My, cause I used to do workout videos a lot. Um, and my mm-hmm. six year old Nolan, he, you know, would watch me and it's like, you forget when you have kids that they're sponges, you mm-hmm. know? So like everything yeah. you do, like they pick up or they yep. know is real. You know what I mean? It's like everything that they see. You're you do their is- example. Yeah. And so the other day, this was actually last week. He's like, I want to do a workout video. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I like totally blew him off. And for like three days, he was like, mom, like I want to do a workout video with you. (laughs) And this kid, I was like, oh my gosh, fine. And so I turned it on and we did two in a row. And I like sat, well, he did two. I did one. And then I sat there and I watched him do the other one. But (laughs) I, um, I was like watching him and at what his six-year-old body can do and just being like, dude, like this is amazing. Like, why was I so against this? I mean, I know why I hate working Mm -hmm. out, but, (laughs) but like, I mean, to celebrate your body, like with your child, Mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. It's like, it's so beautiful. It absolutely is. I don't know. I just, I needed to share that with you guys. Um, I love that. It really is. Do you think that your whole experience, Emma, has, like, I don't know, like, are you, like, okay, this is, like, a heavy question. (laughs) It's okay. (laughs) I just realized this might be personal. Like, are you interested in having kids at some point? Like, and if so, has it kind of, I don't know, like, impacted that anxiety? (laughs) Yeah, like, do you have anxiety around the idea of getting pregnant and your body changing? And do you think that this has impacted the way that you will raise your kids and, like, what you like what's something that you feel strongly about doing or not doing because of what you've been through? Um, so this is something that I actually talk about a lot in recovery <laughs> with my therapist. Okay. <laughs> um, but it definitely has changed my mindset, you know, as far as parenting goes. Um, mm-hmm. I really, really want my kids to feel confident no matter what they look like. Um, so yeah. really pushing that yeah. and, it's obviously going to be hard as someone with an eating disorder, but not putting, not giving my kids food rules and letting them, you know, learn to eat intuitively from a young age um, is really, really important to me. It definitely does scare me a little bit to think about the uh, changes that my body will go through when I do get pregnant. Um, You know, it, it scares me that that's going to trigger an eating disorder, but I, my hope is that by that point, I'll be 
far along enough in recovery and be able to celebrate the fact that, that my body can create another human being. Um, it's yeah. Miraculous. So it, it really I mean, is. I, I would say like before I want, definitely wanted to have a family, but now I want to have a family in better with better intentions. Oh, that's awesome. That's yeah. beautiful. No, that's really beautiful. And it's amazing that, cause I feel like, you know, like I, when I talk about having kids with my boyfriend, like he's always like, can we not? And I'm like, uh, we probably will. <laughs> Eventually. And, and he's always like, I'm scared that I'm going to be too critical yeah. of them. Like, and totally that's not that. what I want to do. Like, I, I don't want to do that. I'm scared because he's by nature a more critical person. Like um, when it comes to certain things, not eating, but like just mm-hmm. things in general. And so I – in one respect, I was like, oh, fuck. Like, I don't want to yeah. like, subject my kids to that. But then in another way, I was like, oh, wow, I'm really proud of that self-awareness. And, like, it sounds to me very similar to, what, like, what you're saying. Like, you kind of know that what you've been through and you know what your possible, like, right. vulnerabilities are in parenting. And, like, you're kind of developing an action plan exactly. now. Like, and intentions. And I think that you're going to be an amazing so. mom and your kids are lucky <laughs> I think now I I think that I, I I can say this like with my mom like my mom suffered from panic disorder uh, when she was in her early twenties and I feel like it made her the most amazing yeah. mom because she conquered something that was so traumatic and she had this level of empathy and understanding when I was mm-hmm. going through my bullying experience and like um my own traumas throughout the years like so I feel like your kids will feel very blessed one day to have a mom who promotes that healthy eating and promotes like self-love and body love and I I just I think that that you're gonna be an amazing mom I I do want to tell you guys a little bit about the I don't know if you've seen it but I'm putting on a fashion show uh, Ooh, no, yeah, I didn't so see it. The fashion show is going to be September 21st um, here in Richmond, and we are doing it as a street show at Boulevard Burger and Brew. So my main goal is to have women on the runway of all different shapes, sizes, ages, races, uh, backgrounds, gender identities, and abilities to show that beauty has no limits. Um so it's a fashion show for Evolve, and we'll actually be launching our nonprofit foundation that will be giving out money to women in their communities that are making a difference. So oh, I'm very excited. Awesome. Yes, awesome. I cannot wait. Um, we're getting very close, <laughs> and I have a couple yeah. of things left to do, but I think it's going to be a really special event, um, and hopefully it'll – Oh, you're going to rock it. I hope so. You're going to rock it. And you know what? It's like those things, like no matter what, they're always just beautiful endeavors and learning experiences. So no matter what, it's going to be a success. Like Exactly. And I'm doing it. So that's an accomplishment. (laughs) Right. Yes. No, it is. Like that's huge. That's something that at 30, I would not have the (laughs) best of you. Meanwhile, you're 24 (laughs) and you're like, yeah, let me do this. And I just like, I'm just like marbled. <laughs> I really am. So we also seriously we also want to uh, make sure that you put out your social media handles, your website, yeah. so um, yeah. our listeners can find you yes. and all of your inspirational. Yeah, 
stuff. Content. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's um. So my Instagram is emma.manis, and then my blog is beautyhasnolimits.com. Um, those are like oh, my main it. two things, and then I add outfit stuff on Pinterest. So if you like outfits, <laughs> oh my god, Pinterest again also is like our. We love Pinterest. I love Pinterest. Like, it's I'm, so awesome. I'm awesome. And you said so, that yes. you have your nutrition guide that is available on your website as well. Yes. So when they sign up for the newsletter, they'll get the nutrition um, guide sent to them. Awesome. Well, per- we have enjoyed chatting with you so yes, much. Thank we you so much for having me. I love you. <laughs> I love you guys. <laughs>